Uh, we have a little bit of an announcement to make. Um, you may have seen it on Twitter or Patreon, but uh, the show is going to be changing coming up. Um, I am sadly leaving the show. Uh, this episode you're about to hear is my last free episode. There's also a bonus that I'm on that's coming out uh, this week as well. But end of July, uh, I am leaving as well as LB Hunk Tears. Uh, we will no longer be on WrestleSplania. And I just wanted to thank everybody so much for all of the support um i think this show has been so rewarding to make and i really can't express how proud of it i am um and how much i've enjoyed making it uh i i really really want to thank you guys for for all of your support um so yeah we are going to be going on hiatus for august but rachel is going to be continuing the show and kind of retooling the concept and everything like that and uh, want some input from you. So, Rachel, take it away. So, yeah, um, we're changing, but we're not going away. And I really want to make that clear to you guys and the listeners is that this community has meant so much to me. Um, and I hope it's meant, and like I know it's meant a lot to you guys. So, reach out to me. Tell me what you want to hear from me. Email me, DM me, message me on Discord, whatever way you want to get in touch. Snail mail. I'm not giving you my address. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I want to hear from you because I want to keep making this show for you guys because it means a lot to me. And this isn't the last of us, but this is see you later. Yeah. Um, and we want to express too, like, this is all cool. We're cool. You will still see us hanging out at wrestling shows. Come say hi to us. Yeah. It's all good. Help us annoy Greg and Dustin. Yeah. Oh, that will never stop. <laughs> oh, so I really won't. <laughs> so thanks again. And uh, I really look forward to seeing what the show is going to become under Rachel's direction. So uh, let us know what you want to hear. And enjoy this episode. Bye. Bye. Welcome to WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, introduce the wonderful world of professional wrestling to my friend, Rachel Millman. Hi. Hey, what's up? Uh, you know, it's getting hotter and hotter. This weekend was like pretty brutal. Today was, today was like kind of nice. Uh, we have Lady in the studio. We have Lady in the studio. Who, I think the heat has made more, more docile, which, uh, I appreciate for recording. Definitely. <laughs> Even though I brought her into the backyard earlier and she tried to dig several holes. Uh -huh. Lady. Lady. What were you looking for back there, man? Lady. Probably cat poop or something. Uh, I think a ball, which she did find. <laughs> buried? Like, yeah, she found like a ball she buried. She dug up a ball? There, the person who used to live in this apartment had a dog. Ah. So I think she like sensed it in the air <laughs> that there was a very, very faded tennis ball for her to put in her mouth Man. and make a weird noise with. What a day. What a day. But the heat, <laughs> the heat, many people feel that the heat ends uh, the greatest season that is actually, in my opinion, year round. Big boy season. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You I like, like this transition. Segue. I really like this segue. <laughs> so I used to have a joke about this, actually, about how I uh, I hated global warming because I feel like it was affecting my uh, ability to hook up with people. Because like the uh, like big girl season goes away and uh, big you boy know. season, <laughs> big girl season, big guy gal and non-binary pal season <laughs> is year round. It, that is what this episode is all about. Uh, and our bonus kind of too that we're recording after this. That's true. I mean, it's big boy Monday. It's big boy Monday here at the <laughs> WrestleSplania studio, big boy Thursday, whenever this comes out. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I feel like this summer in particular is the summer of a big boy because we're going to go see 
one of my favorite big boys, Daisuke Sakamoto, who this episode is about. Who this episode is about at American Rana in the heat of summer, uh, fighting another big boy, Chris Dickinson. I'm very excited about fighting it. Fighting big, big white bald boy. Yeah. <laughs> It's just two two beefy boys. I just I really like saying the words white bald. It's so good. I uh, Emily Pratt uh, DM'd me and was like, "Thank you for introducing white bald into my <laughs> vocabulary as a noun." There are so many things that like no offense to Cellar Door and whoever the fuck it is <laughs> who loves Cellar Door. There's so many other things that I like so much more than Cellar Door and White Bald is one of them. Imagine Hot if White Do- Bald. Imagine if Donnie Darko was the same but Drew Barrymore's character just wrote White Bald on the chalkboard instead. I feel like that could be a good mic, uh, good mic phrase. White Bald. Hot White Bald. White Bald. <laughs> Sorry we're doing mic check now but guess what? It's big boy summer. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm excited to do this because I, I, I know Sakamoto's doing like a handful of US shows. He's doing like AIW in Cleveland. He's doing GCW, New Jersey. He's got like a couple things. And Him he- at AIW is very ideal to me. Yeah, I can't remember who he's fighting, but I bet that'll be great. But kind of for a promotion, I only saw once on like a weird evening where my sunglasses got stolen. Ever, it seems like I probably like everything about AIW. It seems like a really fun time. Yeah. Uh, shout out to AIW. I, I am a Patreon member of their Patreon uh, for $1 because I like them. But yeah. Uh, yeah so like Sakamoto doesn't come to the US that often. So I, I they're sort of hyping him up in all these indie promotions. And I think people who are really, really into wrestling understand how exciting he is that he's coming here. But I think a lot of people aren't familiar with him because he has been wrestling for like 20 years, but pretty much entirely in Japan and in smaller promotions in Japan. So that was the first thing that actually really surprised me is that he has a 20 year career. Cause when you look at him, he has like a child's face. Yeah. He he's aging really great. He's I would have said like, early thirties. Like he's sort of got like a Walter thing going. Mm-hmm. And that like, okay, so when you know it, once you know that like Walter is not 22 and he's like a guy in, your, in his 30s, you're like, oh, I see it now. But like before you know that, you're like, no, Walter's like 22, right? He's a giant baby. He's a giant baby. Yeah. <laughs> but I think even more so, like he does not, did he start wrestling when he was 15? Sakamoto? Yeah, I, I think he debuted really young. I think he debuted at like 17 or 18. But so- he still has like... The face of a 27-year-old. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it, I, I was surprised by that, too, because, like, I, I'm familiar with him, um, but I, I definitely learned a lot while doing this and that I didn't realize his career was quite so extensive. Um, but I want to talk about the first time we saw him because we actually did get to see him in the U.S. live um, two, last year and a half ago at WrestleMania. Year and a half ago, yeah. Uh, he did an Evolve show where he wrestled the aforementioned Walter and Timothy Thatcher with uh, Sawa coming out of retirement. and Which, like, how stupid that that was, like, what? the That was, like, your third wrestling show because it was the first show of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, that was my third wrestling show I ever saw. <laughs> and, like, if you had said that to me, then I would have been like, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> Well, to be fair, like I didn't really know what I was in for with that because I knew Sawa because I knew he was coming out of retirement. He like hadn't really wrestled a lot in the last few years. So I knew Sawa. I knew Rinkamp. I didn't really know Sekimoto. And then as soon as he came out, I was like, I love this guy. (laughs) He rules. That makes me feel better that I was like, because like, you know, there's 
we we go back to the well of like what I saw that weekend and was like didn't know totally yeah <laughs> you know what we should do is like re-watch the shows that I watched that weekend mm. now and see what you think and see like that I was like, wait, did I, was I on my phone during this? What the <laughs> fuck is happening? I think that would be a fun thing. That would be fun. Patrons sound off if yeah. you want that. I'll be a good bonus. Um, yeah. But yeah, he just, he had this match with them and and uh, it was a really, one of my favorite matches of that weekend because it had some really funny, like dumb nonsense spots. Um, but then it also had some really great, like big boy exchanges and like chops and, you know, power moves and stuff, which is what Sekimoto does. Um, it, it was just like a really nice combination. And uh, I liked watching like a big, like Haas guy uh, do more comedic stuff. And uh, I, I think I just like, I really responded to that, like that he's... He is this like big, powerful wrestler. I'm He's sure we scary. are. We're gonna talk a lot about his insane body because it's insane. Um, he uh, a nickname for him. I, I don't know what it is in Japanese, but translated it is uh, muscle monster. People call him muscle monster. Yep, yep. Um, he just has this big freak show body, and like I really like that aspect of wrestling where it's just like a body freak show. But I like when people with those freak show bodies are able to do the really strong stuff, but also lean into sort of the campy element of like you are also here to see my weird body. <laughs> that is like the, the, I would say one of the larger takeaways I had from watching all of the material for this, which we will get into obviously. Yeah. But is that like, he's so funny. Yeah. He's really funny. And like nothing against Walter. I, cause like, I think Walter is pretty good at like leaning into, you know, the silliness of it, but he, he presents himself in like a very serious manner. He's, you know, the ring general, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, I don't think he's the ring general. He's ring comp, yeah. all of that stuff. He comes out in the coat, seeing him in flip flops is still like so weird to me. <laughs> um, but he doesn't lean in as much. He's fine. I think with being in ring with other people who lean in well, but he, like he's never the person to lean in. But Sakamoto is all about being like, yeah, I'm weird looking. <laughs> I'm weird. And like, I'm going to do a weird thing with this weird guy who has his ass out. Yeah. So I, I did pick a, like a full on straight comedy match for this in addition <laughs> to some other stuff, just because like, I do think he has that like capability in him. And like, I think that's sort of, why I'm I'm excited to see him versus Dickinson because like I feel like Dickinson kind of has that capability too where like it's not his main thing and he's really really good at just like straight up power move strong guy wrestling and he seems to be in power move strong guy right now but the second time I ever saw maybe the second or third time I ever saw him he was in that wonderful massage force match exactly like he has the capability to like be a little bit silly and he also has like a total um, knowledge and appreciation for the fact that wrestling is a place where people come to look at crazy bodies. And yeah. like, I, I just think that they're both kind of like that. They're good at that sort of aesthetic spectacle. Um, and they're both like really hot. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such, I'm so glad that even though that caveat is always like expected and hanging in the air in the show, we're always <laughs> like, Oh, by the way, he's a slice. Like yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That person, hottie. Hottie. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm glad the first thing I saw with Sekimoto was like had some comedic elements because it made me look into that aspect of his uh, his work too. Um, but yeah, he does work like, so for wrestling nerds, the, the promotions he works in right now, he mostly works in uh, Big Japan Pro Wrestling, which is um, primarily a, a deathmatch uh, mm. uh, promotion. 
But he he works in uh, the non-deathmatch division, which is called Strong BJ. So <laughs> that's what that is. Um, I love wrestling. <laughs> I love it. He also works in All Japan. He's worked in Zero One. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about uh, some matches he did. The first match we're going to talk about was from Dragon Gate. He did DDT. Um, the last one, I think, is Big Japan. But yeah, so he's like worked a lot. He's just worked a lot in promotions that a lot of Americans haven't necessarily seen. So um, if, he, if he comes to like near you, go see him because he's cool. I would say if he comes within a three hour driving distance, you should really go for it. <laughs> but I'm also a psychopath. So like yeah, Rachel went to two uh, Evolve shows in a row this weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. Tyler was here. <laughs> yeah. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do other than go see Tyler, who is very good? To divert for a second, if you have a WWN login or if you pirate, not that we advocate that <laughs> on this show, um, please watch Tyler Breeze's match with AR Fox and the Skulk. It is perfect. Aww. The marriage of Tyler Breeze and the Skulk is like everything I that was I, an idiot, enjoy. It, that sounds like a real match made in heaven. Like that sounds there like is, a goddamn delight. There is a perfect moment for me, and I tweeted about it from the Splaining account, so you probably saw it, where... Tyler knocked AR Fox crotch first into the bar. So there's all his nuts. And like Adrian Alanis, shout out to former guest Adrian Alanis, immediately yells, Are they okay? Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is perfect. That was one of the things I like when I first started going to wrestling shows. I remember I tweeted, like, it was just in quotes, Are you okay? And then me, anytime a wrestler is near me, it's <laughs> like, is it Are okay? they okay? Are you okay? No, it was, are they okay? And he was like pointing at his balls. It's such oh, a good that's great. bit. Oh, that's really good. Such a good bit. Are they okay? <laughs> that's what I, that's what I meant. Is that like, he it's was like. It's a balls thing. I thought you meant Tyler no, Breeze and that Air he Fox. specifically was like, my mentor's nuts. Fuck. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> I love him. Uh, Shout but, out baby reigns. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. So uh, to get into the matches we talked about, the first one we watched was um, Sekimoto versus Shingo Takagi currently uh, a New Japan Best of Super Junior MVP. Uh, this match is from 2008. It's um, in Dragon Gate, and uh, I thought it was really cool. I think it's always a marker of like when a match is really good of me immediately saying, like, what would it be like to experience this energy live? Yeah. We've talked about this on this show Absolutely. before. About Tyler Breeze and Jushin Liger <laughs> um, and about a lot of other people. But this one I was like, I can't – like. It was one of those things of like knowing that if I were there, my knees would have been by my ears the entire time because <laughs> it's so intense. And they're both they're both they both obviously have intense capabilities and they both have turned them up as high as it can go. Mm -hmm. I feel in this match. Yeah, I um I, I was really excited to watch this because like the more I thought about it, even before I watched it, the more I was like. These guys, I would have never considered this, but I feel like they're kind of similar. Um, just because, like, ch like especially with Shingo Takagi being in the junior division in New Japan, like, p everyone jokes about how he's, like, huge. <laughs> like, he's not huge, but compared to all the juniors, he's, like, Oh, yeah. Big. If I were the largest junior, I would simply eat the other ones. Exactly. <laughs> like, why does Shingo not eat the other juniors? <laughs> um, so, like, I feel like what Sekimoto is to, like, regular wrestlers, Shingo kind of is to the juniors. And I feel like they kind of work the same way where Shingo does do a lot of those kind of power moves. He's just doing them to people smaller than him. And then um, they also both have the same sort of quickness, um, even when they're doing that sort of, like, explosive yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's fast 
as hell. Yeah, he's not like a, you know, he's not like a, a big boy who can do a moonsault, but like he's really quick. I believe that he can, like... He probably could. He probably can. He's probably closer to doing it than I am. Oh, yeah, same. Like, no question. <laughs> it's a, I, I don't, still don't think I can stand on my head when I'm at the ocean. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's the level of wrestling that I can do. Which, honestly, we could do in DDT. Did you see that stuff they did at a swimming pool this week? Oh, my God. I forgot <laughs> to say that I, I fantasy booked this last night while just, like, shooting my mouth off out loud. Okay, somebody from... Outlaw is probably listening to this because, like, let's be real. Like, what else are we all going to do with our lives? You guys need to harness the booze bus that goes to Fort Tilden from Union Pool and make it a wrestling match at Fort Tilden. That's a great idea. And then you guys can all do medicinal marijuana and vape at the beach because it's Fort Tilden. (laughs) And you should have, like... Uh, please don't drown match in the ocean. That would be sweet. That would be perfect. I would really enjoy Someone that. would die. <laughs> but I think they should do it anyway. Someone would just die of alcohol poisoning on the party bus. It would be fine. Uh, it wouldn't be one of the wrestlers, so it would be okay. Can you, like, the, the marriage of, like, traditional carnies versus nutcracker guys? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, if the, if the Nutcracker guys at the beach, so if you don't live in New York, a Nutcracker, it's like a um, basically Everclear and like uh, Kool-Aid. There's much. a really good article about it that I will link in the notes for this okay, sweet. about it. Yeah, it's these guys that sell these alcoholic beverages on the on the beach. Only of, drink one or you will die. They're extremely fucking strong. <laughs> it's sort of this like semi-legal uh, business. And I really feel like if the Nutcracker guys, if the Nutcracker guys, the Showtime guys and indie wrestling could get together in New York, they would be an unstoppable force. We just made New York OWE. That's what we just did. Dude. Dude. OWE, but with the, with the fucking Showtime dudes. I'm Amazing. Gonna, I'm going to bring it back to the topic. OWE, but they bring in Sekimoto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like. I brought uh, us back. I right. did it. I appreciate it. Um, another thing about this match is like, these are just two of the coolest looking dudes in wrestling to me. They're so cool looking. I just think they look so awesome. So they're so cool looking that when they have blood on them, I'm not anxious. Yeah, uh, that that in the uh, in the promo package for this, uh, Sakimoto's like forehead is cut open, and yeah, usually you're like, oh no, blood, like something bad happened. But and I was it's just, just like, like, wow, he got like five bugs at once, and he smushed them all on his forehead. <laughs> for me, He's I was just fine. like, for me, I was just like, this guy lo- just looks even cooler now, and that's all I can think about is that he looks amazing. Like, yeah, it's it's the 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 perfect amount of like blood to forehead. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no offense, Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the other thing, too, is, like, I think these guys are both so cool looking, um, which is a really high compliment considering Sekimoto just wears black trunks. Like, he has he doesn't have, like, cool ring gear or, like, a cool entrance or anything. He's just a, like, crazy looking man. Can we talk about the robe he wore now? I feel like this is a good time to yes. talk about the robe he wore. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> Please. Regale us. <laughs> So uh, the car going past also was honking about the, uh, the, the robe he wore. When we saw him many weekend in New Orleans, uh, we heard tell from another performer that when he got off the plane, he only had his boots and a weird ombre wash robe that like I would wear if I <laughs> wanted to feel nice and take photos of myself that I'm showing nobody else. Right, like boudoir photos. Yeah, he's yeah. wearing like a boudoir Forever 21, maybe Zara. Have you seen pictures of this? Or was he, it just described to you? No, it was the photo that was sent to us. Oh, we'll have to put it in the notes. I I, I don't remember it. Yes. Okay. I will show you it. Um, 
he's he only had like a robe and boots and no trunks and he had to borrow a much skinnier wrestler's trunks and we heard about it later and we're like what what an insane man what an insane insane man and also somebody else this is again a couple months ago i had an end of the year thread on twitter that was like tell me the stupidest thing you ever did mm. which is that somebody who listens to the show had to find him in a hotel and like help him get somewhere with neither of them speaking remotely of the same language. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's really cute. It's really cute. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but yeah, he wore this insane robe. He borrowed a much skinnier wrestler's trunks. And then there's a great photo of him like looking annoyed and exhausted in ring while wearing like a house robe. So he looks like <laughs> he looks like basically any white gentrifier when they hear a loud party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good vibe. A solid vibe. A solid vibe. Imagine that guy saying, hey, can you keep your Airbnb down? Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> He'd be so scared. He'd be like, the thing about him, I think because he does have that like baby face is like, he like you'd be threatened, but you'd be like, if he does do anything, it would be the right call. Like, this guy's not going to unjustifiably beat me up, but like, he will beat me up. I'll have earned it. it. Exactly. Like. <laughs> He, he's going to give me some very fair warnings and try to maintain his composure before he beats me up for playing my music Buddy, too I'm trying to do the right thing here. Exactly. He's like, I really, really don't want to beat you up. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly me. That's my energy all summer, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, he. Uh, a thing I like about the, in this match too is like obviously uh, Takagi is a lot smaller than him. But he's still really powerful. Like, he's still very built. He's just, like, smaller. It just, it took me a minute to realize that he was smaller because of, like, his presence and, like, his yeah. build and his posture and all that. That really does make up for a lot, a lot of it. Completely. Wrestlers, stop slouching. Yeah, have good posture. Find your mother. Have some <laughs> have some self-confidence, guys. Uh, Come on. But, so he's, like, smaller, but um, Sakamoto still makes it look like an effort to throw him around like he's not throwing him around like he's like a rag doll which like is fun and does make a big guy look powerful but another thing you can do is act like it is very effortful and then you create stakes and so that's yes. like what he does and also like Shingo is also big enough that he can also lift up Sekimoto and like suplex him and stuff so like with Sekimoto struggling and them doing the type of thing where it's like oh they're both trying to lift each other who's gonna get over on who like I, I just think he does that really, really well. And uh, I think as somebody who wrestles like as like a big muscle freak, being aware of how to treat opponents of relative size seems like a really valuable skill. We say giving performer a lot, but I think it applies here in terms of what you're talking about, mm -hmm. essentially, is that like, you know, it's not just I can throw you around and this is for my ego, but he wants to put on a good show because he's a good performer. Yeah. And uh I, I just think it's like it's so interesting because like I do f I do feel very like drawn to him as a performer I want to root for him like when I saw him at Evolve I was just like oh I like love this guy immediately um which I again like I think is just really interesting because he doesn't really have like an explicit character like he's just like a big black trunks guy he doesn't really do promos that I've seen uh he uh he he kind of just exudes like a presence more than anything else um, Rachel just showed me the picture of the robe and it's very good. It's so good. <laughs> we'll put it in the notes. It's, it's very so cute. good. It's like one of my favorite photos. Like I think it's a I think it's a really good reaction meme. Yeah, definitely. Like, 
Definitely. I we have should to deal try with to, you. We should try to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next thing we watched was uh, we mentioned how good he is at being silly. And I think this is a very well selection, selected two cats credit <laughs> match. You. It's a DDT match with him, Kota Ibushi, Densho Gudino, and... Masa Takanashi. Thank you. Couldn't remember. I was like, I know I've seen that guy's ass, but what's his yeah, name again? Yeah, he was on the live uh, yeah. DDT show that we went yeah. to. Yeah, I recognized his butt. <laughs> oh, no, that's Dancho Godino is the butt. No, 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 I recognized his butt, too. Oh, okay. A lot of asses were out <laughs> this Mania weekend. <laughs> that's true. But it was, uh, you know, Sodomy Dino. <laughs> yep, yep, our old friend. Sodomy Dino, our friend, uh, friend of the show, Josh. All, I would say he's like our friend, you know. Jury's out, but uh, I'm I'm gonna I like him I like his uh, when he pulls his butt out. So, friend of me or acquaintance, I think. Yeah. I think that's a f- I I I I take back what I said. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. But anyway, the it's a uh, Kota and uh, Danshoku. Yep. And then Sakimoto and Takanashi. Takanashi. Yes. Having Kota as your assistant boy is so funny and big brain. It's really funny. To me. <laughs> as soon as I saw like, oh, he wrestled in a tag tournament where his opponents were a tag team of the like creep pervert and like the creep pervert bait as like a team. It was like amazing. For Kota, he's kind of skinny here. Yeah, this is like his early DDT days. He's he's not as ripped uh, in this one as he is now. Um, but yeah, it's it's very funny to have your attendant like just like hunk <laughs> to, to your like weird nefarious perversions uh, is very good. Again, so like yeah, the gimmick of Dan Shoku, d- jury's out. I think is the fairest way to put it. For me, through my American eyes, watching this on the last day of Pride Month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The day of the Pride Parade. The day of the Pride Parade. This. Watching this on the last day of Pride, bu- Pride Month. Watch. Uh, this is my generous read, and people are allowed to have other reads of it. Sure. The match, to me, isn't rooted. In, yeah, it is rooted in gay panic. But the way I read it was not in one of like gay panic. It was you're being fucking annoying. Can you fucking knock it off, man? Yeah, like I, I <laughs> that's think- the that's the big thing I have is that it, most everyone is like, can you knock it off? I I feel like the vibe I get from and again this is a, a probably a generous reading, but like my understanding of it is not ew gross. A man is kissing me. It's I'm trying to wrestle and. You- <laughs> You keep kissing me. I think there are some instances where it is ew gross. Oh, definitely. And I think I've watched matches where I have read it as ew gross. Completely. I yeah. There are, people absolutely use gay panic as an instrument in wrestling in a way that is not cool. And specifically Dan Shoku's matches uh, that I've seen a few of. Okay. But this one is knock it off. Yeah. You're being annoying. <laughs> Quit your shit. Stop doing a bit. I'm trying to have a fucking conversation. That is what this match is to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I there's also like there's some other sort of story going on too. So it's like the that is like the main thrust of it, no pun intended, is <laughs> is that Dino is like 
losing his mind from horniness at uh, Sekimoto. And there's like a very funny oh, sequence. Oh, he's relatable. Exactly. Aww. I was just like, I literally wrote down like very relatable because there's a part in the beginning where Sekimoto is just flexing in the ring and Dino is on the apron just like having a meltdown, <laughs> just like losing his mind. <laughs> just very funny. Like a teenage girl observing Harry Styles. Yeah, exactly. Just like brain exploding. Have I ever told you about the time that I saw a teenage girl see Harry Styles in public? I don't think so. I was my first job here. I was a hostess at a terrible restaurant um, in Times Square and Harry Styles came in one night and he's he's taller than I expected. But this girl who was like there with her family like I watched her like start to scream and realize that she (laughs) couldn't and I watched her have like a completely silent absolute freak out that's beautiful it was beautiful and then I saw basically that that in this match yeah uh (laughs) but like so that is like part of it and it's very funny but then there's the other story is that um uh Takanashi is very tiny he's very very small yes and uh I feel like there's a lot of like classic little guy big guy comedy in here too like in in addition to uh all, all the like all the Dan Chokudinu stuff like I don't know I was just talking about this on One Time to Be Alive about how like all all great comedy duos really there's like a fat one and a skinny one or a short one and a tall one or like a big guy and a little guy the beaver boys the, be- the beaver boys <laughs> and like this is this is kind of beaver boysy although like if the big guy were also John Silver somehow. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just realized I want to see it in American Rana. Oh, that Sekimoto tag. and John Silver. That is a tag team. That honestly, like Sekimoto's body does kind of look like a scaled up John Silver. Yeah. Like the 100%. little arms. 100%. It's all in the little arms with like the crazy shoulder muscles. Yeah. It's a, it's an amazing look. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. No, I want that. I want to see <laughs> them do that little like me and the, the little guy meme. Yes. That exactly. you talked about on the last Exactly. Time we the China and Eddie. <laughs> yeah. No, we want that. We want that. Uh, Let's make that happen. <laughs> sorry, Sakamoto. You're, wrestl- you're wrestling two matches now. <laughs> um, we booked you. <laughs> vanity booking we can't pay we will get you whatever grubhub you want but well, you I have John a, Silver come to my backyard yeah I have a lot of robes you can wear Sekimoto I have so many robes like, don't even worry about it um, but yeah I, I just thought this was like really fun I mean there's some like legitimately good wrestling between Ibushi and, and Sekimoto oh yeah and especially because this, this match is what 2011 yeah something like yeah, that yeah something like that that's the other I do want to say before we move on also like that's the other thing about that Takagi match is like that was 11 years ago that's pretty amazing that's crazy yeah and they're both like fucking really good then and they've only both of them have only gotten better but yeah anyway this DDT one's that's basically what I was going to say about like there's that great towards the end there's a great transition that Coda has where he just flips off the turnbuckle as mm-hmm. Coda does but it's so smooth yeah I, I like rewound it just because like when you see something that smooth and that seamless that you're like you're so wrapped up in the story when I have to analyze it for the show I often I'm just like no I'm watching that again yeah because it's so pretty he yeah he like, really makes stuff look pretty as a pretty person his actions and his movements yeah. are so pretty yeah he's he's incredibly graceful can he teach me <laughs> yeah please please teach me it's like um have you seen paris is burning not since i was like 10 there's a part which is like a weird thing that to is say weird. <laughs> shout out to my dad there's a part in paris is burning where um willie ninja the voguer is like teaching models how to walk and it's like you know because it's jenny lives it's like what a what a strange like genders performance world that this man is teaching these women how to walk in a feminine mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. but like i feel like that's i need 
Kota Bushi to teach me how to like be graceful because I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Please don't teach me how to do my hair. Teach me <laughs> other things. I'll teach you how to read if you teach me how to be graceful. <laughs> no, you have to do him a favor. <laughs> <laughs> Not give him the gift of knowledge. No. Cast him out of the garden of innocence. No. Keep him innocent, please. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't have a ton to say about this. There's a lot of, it, it's a classic, you know, Oh no, his butt's out. Who's going to go face first into his butt? Surprise, it's his partner. It's everyone. Yeah, I do kind of like the way he like rocketeers him into it. Like he's a, he, he throws Koja into his ass at one point. Like he's a paper plane. Yeah, he sort of, he does like the uh, Johnny Gargano like lawn dart. Like he just, yes. like, boop, boop. yeah, just spears him right into his ass. Koja uh, makes a very, again, a really funny face after not of, gross but just of I just smashed my face really hard into an ass like it's not I feel like there is not a sense of like revulsion to any of this it's just like like I'm either hurt or I like don't I would rather just suplex you like yeah there's a spot near the end where Dino kisses Sekimoto on the mouth for like a full minute and like he's mostly just like can i just slam body slam you please he, he sells it like he would sell any move where he just is pumping his little tiny arms back and forth and like stomping up and down while he's getting kissed which is like that's how he would sell it if it were an arm bar it's just also he's getting made out with <laughs> like i don't know i think it's fun yeah there's, there's definitely some groping in this that i could have done without oh that yeah that's when, a little beyond when, the line when dan Shoku just tries to grab his dick i was like we could keep this a little more uh you know euphemistic and not quite so graphic and it would still have the same effect you don't need to grab that guy's dick uh i did like when he licked his nipple though (laughs) that made me laugh (laughs) that that really made me laugh that is honestly i would say like you as a like you as a wrestler are like prepared for whatever in ring if somebody did want to fuck with me licking a nip that's the way to go that I would be it would if you want to play mind games that would be how you play mind games licking my dude nip <laughs> yeah no deeply deeply confusing licking my girl nip I would leave but oh like, yeah licking my dude nip I would be like the <laughs> fuck is going on here what is happening <laughs> and I think that's like I that's kind of the role that Sekimoto I think plays very well in uh in comedy matches is like earnest big guy who like maybe doesn't fully understand what's going on, but like just, just wants to wrestle, just wants to have a good clean wrestle. And all these people are just doing nonsense. He's garbage. And he's just, he's just trying to wrestle. He's Uh, trying to protect his little friend. He's trying to protect his little friend, but also throwing his little friend over the top rope onto somebody sometimes. (laughs) You make do with the tools that you have. Exactly. Necessity is the mother of invention. And uh, Takanashi takes it well. I mean, he does eventually get pinned by Dino, but like, he, uh, he I was, was kind of surprised by that ending. Yeah? Well, just because, like, you have Sakamoto in a, in a ring and you're supposed to believe that, like, he's going to lose. Mm. You know? I was, like, I was surprised by that. I think... Pleasantly. Uh, pleasantly. Yeah. But nonetheless. I think this may have been building to an Ibushi Sekimoto match, um, which is in the... The match is in the extra credit. Um, Ooh. And it's great. It's just I wanted to include something silly yeah. as well. But uh, I, I think they may have been building to that. So it was, like the thing of like oh we'll get like a little teaser of what that's gonna be yeah even in the midst of all of this like nonsense absolute Uh, nonsense uh i will say i saw we saw takanashi at um 
the DDT Coming to America show. He was on, in one of the early matches, and uh, I really, really liked him. I think I said on the episode, he he's like incredibly facially emotive like he made really good faces yeah and he's like a lot bigger now so he's uh he doesn't necessarily wrestle as like little shrimpy runty guy he was very good at being in peril during this match though definitely perfect at being in peril and he had you know his yoshihashi uh shoulder tape on (laughs) which always is just a a signal that like you want to protect this dumb idiot <laughs> it's the universal sign. Yo- Yoshihashi has made that the sign of uh Yoshihashi episode when <laughs> it's every episode is the Yoshihashi. A Yoshihashi retrospective is coming. <laughs> the year of Yoshihashi. <laughs> That's good. Oh man. The year of Luigi and Yoshihashi. <laughs> it's gonna be his year. It's gonna be his year. I don't Should even... we talk about the next match? Sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um yeah, the next match is um this uh Big Japan match with um uh, the tag team named for his division, Strong BJ. <laughs> I just let's all take a minute. Um, and uh, who doesn't love that? Oh, it's the best. It's a the strong best. BJ. I mean, he would give you one and probably demands one. He is very strong. So I think all he he also there are a bunch of pictures of him that I put in the notes wearing a shirt that just says I'm hard on it in all capital letters. So. I can't wait. I hope he takes selfies with Chris Dickinson in that shirt. <laughs> I hope they wear the same shirt. I hope they put both of their heads in it <laughs> and stretch it out and take a picture together. Uh, yeah. So this match, it's um, Sekimoto with his uh, frequent tag partner, Yuji Okabayashi. Um, who's like the big bald guy in the match. And then um, they're wrestling Shuji Ishikawa and Suwama, um, who are the, the obviously this is like a weird RuTube link because. Oh yeah, I forgot to shout out RuTube for this episode. Yeah. We had two RuTubes. Two RuTubes. Um, one of my favorite things about watching stuff on RuTube is the commercials are for stuff where I'm like, I don't think this is a real product. I think this was a commercial made for like a movie. Can you skip them? Because whenever they do the three, two, one, and I try to press skip, I have no luck and I just have to sit through it. It's mine does it after 10 seconds. I can skip it. It wouldn't let me. I mean, I also have a terrible computer. It's but it's just it's all for stuff where I'm like, yeah, this delivery service I've never heard of. Like whatever this I just feel like all the ads on there are fake. I had to watch like four iterations of the same ad of Halsey talking about how she's queer. <laughs> what was it an ad for? A radio show sure. about Halsey being queer? Cool. Congrats to her. She's Good doing for great. Uh weird ad to get on a RuTube wrestling match, but I don't know. Uh maybe they did read me right. Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, so they're wrestling a team which the Rutu Blink uh, calls Violent Giants, which is a good name. That's a great name. Very good name. Um, however, their tights say Violence Giants, which I would argue is an even better name. <laughs> You're right. Violence Giants? That's violence really Giants. Uh, it describes them very well. Who else would you put in a Violence Giants stable? Violence Giants stable. I mean, I think Samoa Joe. Dan Barry. Dan Barry. <laughs> Dan Barry could be like their road dog. You yeah. Uh, after seeing him this weekend, Babatunde. Yep. Yeah. He is large. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I just like all Japan, big Japan, uh, Japanese tag teams have the coolest names. I think one of the coolest names ever is uh, the Holy Demon Army. I think that's like the coolest name I've ever heard. That sounds like a Mountain Goats album. Yeah. A Mountain Goats album or like a Jordorowski movie or like a Kenneth Anger documentary, like anything. I just feel like it's the coolest shit in the world. 
Holy Demon Army. Holy Demon Army. Love it. Um, Violence Giants, also very good. So Maybe that'll be Mitski's comeback album is Holy Demon Army. Ooh, I could see that. Yeah. A concept album about them. Yeah. I can't even remember who's in that tag team. It's people who are good and people are going to be yelling at their... Uh, listening devices that i can't remember but that's fine <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> uh but yeah so we have violence giants versus uh versus strong bj so uh what'd you think loved it yeah again one of those things where i was like if i were there even more so than the first match my again my knees would be by my ears the whole time i would be screaming and fetal <laughs> in my chair just like losing my mind just because it's a half hour of big boys slamming to a mat. Yeah, it's a lot of meat slapping. In Thank like God. The best way. Thank um, God. Yeah, so like, I, one of the reasons like I picked this, I really wanted to get something with Sekimoto and Shuji Ishikawa because I, I really like them. He was the one in the red on the other team. Okay. Um, I just, I think they work like really well together as two like big boys doing big boy shit. Um, but also I feel like this match is... Very explanatory of why I should watch more uh, of this type of wrestling and also why I don't, which is that um, <laughs> all the dudes in like who wrestle in like all Japan and big Japan, uh, they're all really, really good. They all have basically no gimmick and very few of them are handsome. <laughs> And so I just feel like I don't watch it that much because I feel like in the past five minutes, you painted yourself into two very specific corners. <laughs> One was the Mountain Goats Jodorowsky documentary corner uh-huh. of like, yes, I live in Brooklyn. Sure. And the other one is they're really good. They're really big. And I need a hottie. I need hunks. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it, it, But the thing is, like, I don't need hunks. Like, I love this match. And I mean, Sekimoto is a hunk, but like yeah. everybody else in this is also really great. You need a hunk ratio. Yeah, I think I at least need a hunk to like get my foot in the door. And unless like there is uh, that like as some as something I need that or I need or I need like really good character stuff or like I need something a little campy. I need like I like the the dead serious, uh, you know, like scary boy stuff, black black trunks, you know, no gimmick stuff. Uh in execution but i it's hard for me to like get excited about that in theory and like actually watch sit down and watch it you know what i mean i think it's one of those things of i get what you're saying to a certain degree of like i usually love because we always talk about when we love like a well-balanced show yes is that like that with like a comedy match and give me a flippy guy match and then give me the capoeira guy and evolve and like you have a great big intense show and then give me like a two tall guys screaming at each other yeah Wunderbar. you i think what you're asking for is balance because i also in agreement with you i think this is really this was like really exciting this was like wonderful and intense and like different from everything else i watched for this episode and live this weekend but to illustrate your point and maybe tie it into what my analysis of it is, I guess is the right way to say it, is that a show of that would make me become jaded to it and I want to continue to be excited by it. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like I just 
like my my big thing i don't have like a specific i there are wrestlers i like more than other wrestlers but like i don't have a specific style that i like feel super super drawn to i like a lot of variety and to me when i'm thinking about what constitutes variety in wrestling it's not just styles of wrestling it's also things like cool gear and hot people and like that to me is like screaming woman yeah (laughs) sure like I I just feel like the more kind of different stuff you have like with the like when you create a show with something for everybody I'm I am individually everybody I want all of it I like a little bit of everything so you love a buffet yeah exactly I love a a buffet especially if there are hunks on the buffet line um (laughs) so yeah, but like again, just him in the sushi section of the buffet with like the sushi all over his body. Oh like, hell yeah! Hello, hell yeah! Do you want a California roll? That's all we have. <laughs> it's a buffet. <laughs> oh man, a buffet with where it's the sushi's on the naked guy is so many different health hazards. Sushi at a buffet already dicey. Oh, <laughs> I love to risk it every time. I do. Sorry, everybody. No, do it. It's um, weird that we don't hear wrestlers talking about going to buffets more. Yeah, you'd think they'd be into it. Yeah. I guess I'm trying to think like I yeah, mean what wrestlers would fucking love Golden Corral. Buffets, I feel like generally culturally have been on the downturn for a very, very long time though. Very true. They are like sort of socially unacceptable unless you're in Las Vegas, which is unfair. Sizzler is good. Yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? That's their slogan. It's just like, what are you expecting? Come on. <laughs> It's delicious. The Scott Steiner of eating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, Sizzler is the Scott Steiner of buffets. Is that why people listen to this show? I think so. Because when I, when I say shit like that. I think so. It can't be for my analysis. There's no way. <laughs> That's part of it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, speaking speaking of analysis, here's again some of my analysis of this. Uh, I just really like Suama's uh, turquoise sequin bomber at the beginning. It was beautiful. Oh, my God. It was <laughs> so good. It looked amazing. I, I really like a bomber with trunks. I think that's like an awesome look. Uh Especially because uh, Sekimoto and his partner just came in in like t-shirts and I was bummed out. Again, lack of interesting gear. But then, yeah, Suwama Su- and Shuji Ishikawa come out in, uh, in some sequins. I just feel like in defense of his boring is in, in defense, not boring, in defense of his more like normcore gear. Simple. I'll call it normcore. Okay. Him and Shia LaBeouf. Uh, is that... I feel like my brain would overload if he were covered right. in glitter. Yeah. I mean, like, he he really is it's it's about his body he doesn't need to do anything extra i feel like an example of someone who doesn't think like that but could is like big e like he has a very big e body to me and big e is always wearing like a velvet a sequin singlet and i also appreciate that but like <sighs> but i do yeah no there's nothing wrong with the with the little black trunks uh it's i do just think not that normally like, what i'm into a singlet with like a slightly like unexpected color trim i feel like would go a long way for you yeah i do love a singlet i but do like, love them i love looking at his back in all of its like pure giant that's true the fuck level glory it's it's very very good um but yeah i i my favorite parts of this match are the sekimoto versus suji ishikawa parts which <sighs> he uh is just so brutal and just is pummeling sekimoto over and over again and uh it it rules it's great it looks really gnarly uh like I I don't know. I hope his head is okay, but also I kind of like that it's not okay. It's very exciting. 
I also like that uh, Sekimoto does a lot of selling by waving his little arms around. I think that's very cute. <laughs> I actually, so I like the waving the arms around. That's great. I think it's adorable. But I also have to give a genuine shout out to his like yelling face. Yeah, there's a lot of yelling in this match, which I like. And he's good. He's really good. And, you know, of course we love screaming when it's done properly. Sure. Ill way. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to pig Latin Osprey, so we'll just like leave it like that. Um, <laughs> But the way he yells and like the way he sort of ramps, he's already such an intense person in ring and you already feel very, very intense just observing him. You would feel intense seeing him at like Popeye's. Yeah, it's interesting because like I do think he comes off very intense, but I don't think he comes off like aggressive. He seems like very like, which I think is why he usually works as like a baby face. Like I said, it's like. He doesn't really want to beat you up, but he will if he has to kind of thing. Is he's like the just, vibe I get he's got just, his eyes are just so big. He's like a Cupid doll. Yeah. He's, I, it's weird that I am calling this man who is shaped right. like that <laughs> a, an adorable children's doll, but here he we are. Yeah. What yeah. mascara is he using? Do you think he curls them? I don't know, but I also do like that his hair is like almost a jerry curl in a lot of this stuff. Yeah. It's like very, it, it, it's becomes almost pompadour like and i really like it are you gonna pay for a mark pick with him at american rana probably yeah yeah i I really really like him also when we saw him at uh uh evolve he was like sitting in like sort of a back corner of the room and i was like walking to get beer or something and i saw him and it was after his match and i just like really enthusiastically like thumbs up waved at him like oh you're so great like oh my god and he gave me this like very magnanimous just like single nod and I was just like oh I love you like it was very like I I see thank you (laughs) I observe what you're doing exactly it was very cute do you have a robe I can borrow (laughs) you should have just given it should we give him robes no he will not know what the fuck is going on (laughs) oh Oh, I'm so excited for American Rana. It's going to rule. What if he becomes, what if I get another roommate from American Rana this year? <laughs> Second moto, just walking around your house with a, with a little robe on all the time. I, my, I wouldn't hate it. My, I, my brain would like overload. <laughs> it would completely overload. It'd be very funny. Um, I had a couple more things I wanted to say about this match. Mainly, um, there's a part where uh, Suwama takes Sekimoto out to um, the bleachers and slams his head into the big uh, seating sign that says West, which I have noticed in a lot of uh, shows, wrestlers in Japan, I don't know what venue that is, but they love slamming people's heads into that big sign that says West. It's like a specific target that they always go for. I don't... Okay, so here's my guess as to why they do that. It's that like there was one like iconic match or whatever, or like... They'd been like one guy did it and every and like everyone else in wrestling steals everything. So it's become like a hallmark. It's like signing that deadlift wall in WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's it's what you do to like pay respect. It's getting your Mindy Tucker photo. (laughs) It's getting your Mindy for sure. (laughs) Uh, That is a very inside reference. But uh, Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no. There's a photographer in New York who takes a lot of pictures of New York comedians. And it's like a sign of like when Mindy takes her picture, you're like a real New York comedian. And uh, I do not have have one which is an example of why that is correct that's but that's uh what getting your head bashed into the west sign is um the other thing i want to say is there's a part uh near the end where just uh daisuke has just the slightest trickle of blood uh yeah. like on his chin and it is 
very cool. That's all. <laughs> he's just it's he his multitudes of what I can project onto him. Sure. Are really, really like it's not just me liking this guy or thinking like, oh, he's adorable or oh, he's hot or whatever. There really is a lot of interesting nuance that I feel you can get out of him and the way he performs and the way that he is. And like, yeah, you know, I would love it if he were in a singlet, but like, keep doing your thing, man. You are great at being a big boy. He's so good at it. And yeah, like we've, we've talked about some recent, some big boys recently on the show. And like, I think again, I like that he does like very uh classic stuff that a big boy does he doesn't try to be like the agile big man necessarily he just tries to be really really strong and really cool to look at which is like all you want i feel like he is like the true neutral of big boys he kind of is yeah yeah yeah. he's uh he does all the classic stuff really well i mean like his chops are huge his suplexes are great so scary uh, he does like a double suplex in this match, which is really fun where he, his partner grabs a guy and then he grabs his partner and suplexes them both, which yeah. is like, Hey man, that's your partner. Isn't this also supposed to hurt him? But it's also very cool. <laughs> it's very, very cool. It's very, very cool. I liked it a lot. Uh, I ask you this question a lot because I love all the different ways I can hear you say no. Would you take a chop from him? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you insane? I wouldn't take anything from him except a, uh, hug. a big hug. He probably hugs great. Oh, I bet, I bet his feels, hugs crack your back. Oh, I bet you feel so safe when he hugs you. Just like, Aww, oh, man. I love that. <laughs> I love that a lot. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe we'll we'll hug him at a. He doesn't seem like a hug guy though. He's like, he's pretty sort of solemn, you know. Even when he's know. doing the comedy stuff, I don't know if he hugs. I feel like you could pay him to hug you. Probably everybody's got their price <laughs> for a hug. <laughs> so weird. Isn't that basically what customs are like? <laughs> customs are like I want to see two women like bear hug for like twenty minutes. Here's like five hundred dollars. Could you do that where you're just like? I want a custom, but it's just a video of Sekimoto just hugging me normal. <laughs> and asking me about my day. Yeah. And maybe making me like, you know, a nice tea. Just like playing with my hair a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. This is getting like very weird. <laughs> yeah. Somehow weirder than just customs. Just like, I yeah, no, I think I would 100% feel way weirder asking a wrestler for a hug than I would to be like, can you chop me? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. That's an extremely weird thing to do. That's a fucked up thing to do. <laughs> I'm glad do I suggested it. <laughs> Thank God. I, I would love, I would love to receive a hug, but uh, I am never asking for one. That's, that's creep shit. That's like full on <laughs> creep shit. Nick Gage, hug me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's super creepy. Uh, don't do that. Um, uh, we I love to be creeps though. That's true. That's, that's true. this whole show. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be a huge creep during Dickinson versus Sekimoto. Like, I'm excited about that in a uh, wrestling nerd way because I like the way that both of them wrestle, but uh, they are also very hot and are going to be, you know, rolling around. And I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, Dickinson is like also an unabashed wrestling nerd and I'm excited like for him. Yeah, definitely. And like, that's one thing I love about like Dickinson promos, especially like via his Instagram, which has le- been less about fish recently. Sadly. <laughs> um, I gave him a shout out on what a time to be alive this week. Cause we were talking about fishing and now I've like learned a lot of hot fishing takes from Chris Dickinson's Instagram. 
I love his hot fishing cake. Um, but that whenever he is like excited about wrestling someone, it's so apparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good, and it's really, really joyful. And it is a good reminder that like, yes, this is a this is a giant man with a still heavy Staten Island accent, <laughs> with a in increasingly freak body. He is also a nerd. Yeah, completely. And like Sekimoto. Yes, very sto- stoic gave you that nod. Also a nerd. Yeah. All these people are nerds. That, That's the lesson for today. That is a beautiful lesson. Thank um, you. Yeah, I I'm, I'm super excited to go see him. Um, if he comes to somewhere near you, go see him. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, I have two other podcasts, uh, What a Time to Be Alive and Lie, Cheat, and Steal. So check those out. Uh, my Twitter is Kath Barbadoro. I think that is all I have to plug. Um, we have a wonderful west coast producer named uh lb uh uh they are currently covering wwe for fanbite.com and they have the best recaps i think they're also covering aew uh and they have also launched a patreon for hunkology which is patreon.com slash hunk tears your final plug of the day is that my dad and i made a documentary about gerrymandering in pennsylvania and as a lot of gerrymandering decisions have come down recently i think it is a good way forward around the supreme court decision you can get more info on that on at line in the street.com and thank you so much for listening and we love you bye, bye.